Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Colin. My name is Tierney. My name is Matt. <laughs> what if we... We're doing this pop at hyperspeed. I was going to say, what if we yeah. did this pop at, like, one and a half speed or two speed, and then... Somebody... I mean, if I was listening to this pop, I would be listening to it at one and a half to two speed. <laughs> no, but I'm Let just saying... Let this be the official endorsement that this podcast <laughs> should be listened to at two and a half speed. I'm just two saying... Two and a half. Two and a half is a little I said excessive. one and a half to two. Get through it. You can you can clear this out in forty five minutes if you listen to it on two and a half. I was just thinking it would be fun if we recorded ourselves at two right. speed and then listener bumped it up to two speed. So they're really just getting four speed. No, right. Nothing. It would still be as long. <laughs> it's still yeah. It's still a, a you know an hour and forty five minute experience either way. <laughs> nothing. It was better than when uh, is his name Zane something did the interview with harry styles at coachella and i put it on the youtube video i put on two times speed and harry just sounded like a normal person that's how slow he was talking <laughs> slow talking he didn't used to be i think that's when he got sexy he decided to slow down is that a good harry styles impression? no Tierney's I don't know what he sounds so like upset really, right actually. now. That was like a London <laughs> accent. Is he not from London? No. I thought that's what England is. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So today, speaking of, speaking of England, our movie this week was my, my selection. It's, uh, Wait, what does that have to do with England? It Nothing. doesn't. That's oh. the joke. Got it. <laughs> gotcha. Uh... This was my uh, 1970s pick of Criterion movies that I own that I've never seen. Uh, it is the 1974 paranoia thriller, The Parallax View. Um, this movie first came on my radar when... Uh, it came on your radar? It came all over my radar. And I was like, please, wow. it's so hard to read the radar <laughs> now. Can we just not... So I had to clean that I'm up. Child. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when Captain America: The Winter Soldier was coming out, and uh, this this movie was uh, mentioned many times by the Marvel creatives, the directors, mm. they're like, "Yeah, this was like our this was like one of our touch points. What we were going for with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, those like '70s like political thrillers, like Parallax View." And I had never heard of the movie before, but it's been on my radar since then. Uh, and then uh, I bought it and never got around to watching it. And then I watched it. And here's what I'll say. I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I really don't see many connections to Captain America the Winter Soldier. So <laughs> like, I here's think, what like, I'll say. If you really, really stretch the definition of a political thriller when describing Captain America the Winter Soldier, then it's like, okay, yeah, maybe... <laughs> I could get there, but uh, I really, I, I think that that's just like quintessential director bullshit. So, um. uh-huh. <laughs> correct. But I did like this movie, uh, and I, I, I'm very curious to hear y'all's thoughts on this. But I, uh, I watched it earlier this afternoon after five straight days of client meetings, and so I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired. And so there were several sequences where I was like kind of, you know, dozing off a little bit. And I don't oh, no. 
I don't think that that was any fault of the movie. Though the movie is... Sl- no, it was. Oh. <laughs> it okay. should have held your attention better. <laughs> or maybe it's just corporations, man. Oh, wow. They're sucking Colin's lifeblood, making it so he can't even enjoy a movie. Uh, Yeah, so like I said, there were a few moments where I was just kind of like, ugh. But um, I, you know, I rewound those moments and I rewatched those moments. And I I did enjoy this quite a bit. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my, my experience with this movie film for my Criterion Collection. Movie film. Uh, I can go. I uh, had never heard of this movie until a week and a half ago when I was like, what's Colin's pick? And then I looked it up and was like, oh, don't know what that is. And watched it, and I thought it was really great. And what I will say is I have also never seen Captain America Winter Soldier, nor have Mm -hmm. I seen any Captain America movie. And I can say with confidence, you could not pick a film visually if that's what it's going for further away from this movie than the marvel universe interesting sure (laughs) i think yeah i mean i think dune 2049 is probably more similar to parallax view than captain america the winter Dune 2049 (laughs) or okay (laughs) blade runner (laughs) whatever Via new. Yeah, I mean, um, she's like, fuck you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner 2049, I think, is more similar to this movie than any Marvel movie could ever possibly get to this movie. Or just like, you know, an original story, artfully told. Yeah. I mean, that's Come like me. Marvel's whole thing now, is just like, we're going to tell you that this movie is some other famous movie that you really like to get you to come watch our movie. And it's just like... What isn't? Stop it. We we all know what you are. Just embrace what you are. And also just start making good movies again. Wow. Yeah. I think I've seen one movie... going to have a lot of shots fired. In the last, what are they called? Like, chapters or tiers or what are the Marvel eras? Phases. Phases, I think, is the word you're looking for. Yeah, okay, phase. I've seen one... I've seen one of the new ones, and it was the uh, externals, and it was fine. You saw, didn't you see the the one I've seen? Spider-Man movie. You fucking love Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, and you love Tobey Maguire, and you also love. I did see that, but is that part of the face? I thought that Mm -hmm. was in a different universe. No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that one was fun. (laughs) Okay, so I've seen two. I've seen two. And Spider-Man was good, but the externals was fine. Unfortunately, you haven't missed much. Yeah. I just have had hours of my life that were my own. Congratulations. Must be nice. What's that like? (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hours because they don't know how to cut those movies down. Yeah, Them Fuckers is way too long for the most part. Uh... Did I see something that said that... um, What's his face was going to be the new Iron Man? Tom Cruise? No. Keanu? <laughs> Keanu? What? I thought I saw something on TikTok. Oh, the most reliable of sources. 
And I was like, would extremely watch. I don't know if he would have the sass that Tony Stark has, though. He's too nice. I think I... he said that he would be a motorcycle fire guy. What's his name? Ghost Rider? Oh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think he said he'd be sure. into that. Mm. I'd do that. That would, that would be good. But here's the thing. I think just so he could ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Sure. Let so the thing about this, like, Keanu Reeves into the Marvel Cinematic Universe dream casting bullshit is, like, we already have a Keanu Reeves is a superhero franchise. And we don't need another one. Just keep making more John Wick movies. and like, John Wick is a superhero? I mean... <laughs> he's also Neo. I mean, he's got Neo and John Wick. I, he's not I think actually people... a superhero. I'm just talking about how... Like, I think for, it's just people wanting jo- uh, Keanu in more things. I, yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. saying I would rather Keanu keep making good action movies instead of watered down Marvel wow. action movies, heavy air quotes. Yeah, I bet they'd put so much makeup on him, too, and he doesn't even need it. So, they'd Matt, what are your thoughts hair. on the Parallax <laughs> Um. So, Yeah. <laughs> Back on topic. Um, we, I think Keanu Reeves, uh, if we did like a remake of this movie, I do think Keanu Reeves would be a good. Yes. Joe Frady. Anyway. Oh my God. To yeah. sort of tie it back. But like. <laughs> and but then like also a, to cut you off again. <laughs> like a 2005, like 1995 to 2005 Keanu. Yeah. Sure. Just so that he's the same age as John Frady. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is when he's in, like, his, like, hacker, scanner darkly, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, like, grunge conspiracy theory theory era. Mm-hmm. So this would fit. His hair? Yeah. Something's going on, man. <laughs> Someone killed her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have never heard of this movie before I saw that it was your selection for a future pob. Oh. And I watched the trailer, and I was like, a bois? And... Um, was very interested in it. Obviously was very interested in seeing Mr. Feeney. And, um... <laughs> it took me, yeah, like, I, an embarrassingly long time to realize that that was Mr. Feeney. Really? Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was How him or, Mis- or Regis Philbin. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. They kind of sound similar. My life similar. is jeopardized with you right here. And they look somewhat similar, too. I feel like um, Regis Philbin is only, like, the later period of his life in my brain. I can't imagine a younger Regis Philbin. But wasn't he an actor? I don't think I so. I don't know. Was oh, he? I, I just thought he was fully, just a personality. No, I fully thought he was an actor. Matt, keep talking, and we'll stop interrupting maybe, but I'm okay. going to look it up right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did really enjoy it. I watched it with Freddie, and uh, we, we both enjoyed it. Uh Full of surprises, which I really appreciated. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about. And, honestly, I think the biggest critique is that uh, Tiernan and I hadn't heard of it before. Yes. So I think, what is that? What's the problem? Why? It's corporate America trying to, you know, (coughs) muffle the waves made of of this movie. The Parallax Corporation is murdering everybody who has seen this movie movie. so sorry everybody but we're all about to die (laughs) yeah Yeah. 
We um, had a good run on this pod. I accidentally chose the wrong movie for us to watch. And, and this is terrible. now the last episode. <laughs> Going out strong. Um, but yeah, I think we should just get into it. Because uh, it's, it's brand new for all of us. And it sounds like all of us liked it. So Colin, or whoever has notes. I did not take that many notes this time. I kind of just let it wash over me. Just I took it. notes. Uh, but they're pretty much just stream of conscious. Like my first note is, I would expect, I would expect literally nothing else. (laughs) Uh, My first note is Matt. You'll like this one a lot. I think Mm? you're so vain. Dot, dot, dot. I get it. Uh I kept thinking of that the entire movie. I was like, this is the guy to the to listener. He is one of, uh, Warren Beatty, Beatty, however you say it, him and John Beatty, Denver, Beatty. I think, are like the two contenders for the person Carly Simon is singing about in Your So Vain. I think James Taylor is. James Taylor, not John Denver. What's wrong with me today? <laughs> <laughs> is John, John Denver? I was like, maybe also right? John Denver. I was, I was like, no I was only really familiar with Warren Beatty, so I was like. I guess I don't know John Denver. Maybe I was like ready to go no, with you it's on that. No, James ride, Taylor. <laughs> Definitely James. James Taylor, Taylor makes way maybe more John sense Denver. than John Denver. <laughs> we'll start that rumor here. It's but still I was not a like, proven fact. So I get it. Like he's got the hair. Oh, yeah, and he he definitely knows he's good looking. He's such a pretty boy. Yeah, he's such a little pretty boy. That's a, so similar to like the Regis Philbin thing. I feel like I never really knew Warren Beatty. As a younger, per- like I, he's only really existed in my consciousness, as a resident. as like <laughs> as a much older man who accidentally gives best picture to the wrong movie. <laughs> so <laughs> wasn't his fault. I'm not Let's saying not it was his fault, but he was there. <laughs> Faye Dunaway read the card. She didn't even take a moment like he did. All right, Justice now now I feel like we're just blaming Faye Dunaway, which may or may not be true either. It's really La La Land. <laughs> She's the one who did it. It was her fault. It's really the accountant's fault, or whoever the producer, or like the you know stagehand. I'm who sure gave the Parallax the Corp has killed them all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've only ever like known yeah. him as like an older man, and so when I first saw him in this, I. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get it, too. Like, he definitely just, like, seems just like, uh, was it Benny in City of God that we loved? Someone who just, like, seemed like the coolest oh, yeah. dude ever. Like, in this movie, yes. every single time Warren Beatty's on screen, you're just like, this dude is just, like, exuding coolness. Like, he's just, Guys. like, so fucking dope. What's up? Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> the two of them were in Bonnie and Clyde, and I was – I didn't want to say it because I've said nine wrong things today, but I was like, what was the name of the movie that they were in together? Uh, and I typed in Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. Beatty? Beatty. Beatty. God, Beatty. I'm so sorry. Uh, just to make sure it was Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, and now when you type in those two names, oh yeah, there are not pictures of Bonnie and Clyde. It yep. is all, all pictures Oscars. of the Oscars and all Oscar content. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Did you never see Bonnie and Clyde, though? (laughs) No, I actually want to, so. I mean, that movie came out, uh, was it the 70s? Yeah. Yeah, so. It's considered, like, one of the, like, the modern. So, of course, of course Matt's never seen it. I'm surprised Matt's even heard of it. Listen, bitch, I went to film school. I had to read about it. 
Yeah, but you didn't read about Parallax View, so what What now? Yeah, well, maybe I did. I just forgot because <laughs> this movie is forgettable. Gene Hackman is also in Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Angie and Milder. Should we just, like, pause this recording real quick and go watch Bonnie and Clyde and then come okay, back? Okay, fine. Look, I'm coming back to the <laughs> No, topic. no, it's, it's fine. I'm just kidding. Joking. I also don't even. I don't think Bonnie and Clyde is on the Criterion Collection, so we couldn't do that even mm. if we wanted to. It's mm. in the '60s anyway. We already missed our decade. Oh um, shit! Good point. So, I thought the story <clears throat> of this movie was very, very good mm-hmm. and original, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it was a like a mystery that at no point did you know where it was going to end up, which I loved. And I. That's, it's very inherent vice, if I'm honest. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Similar themes, a mystery with a bunch of corporations, but like a bad boy, a troublemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with it's long, a very laid back detective. Yep. Type person, like he's not. He's mm-hmm. the most chill investigator I've ever seen. One thing I did want to make sure we talked about because as soon as he, he was in a journal, when you find out he's a journalist, I was like, oh. Not another journalism movie. <laughs> and I thought that this movie showed what every journalist movie screams at your face, which is that the person would do anything for the story mm-hmm. versus every journalism movie is just people being like, I would do anything for this story over and over and over again. <laughs> and this is at no point is he's like, I'm going to do anything it takes for the story. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to fucking live in a hotel and get a new ID and join this unknown corporation and follow people across the country. And just like fly to Salmon Tail, wherever the hell that is. Yeah, he I'm literally like... <laughs> steals a cop car Yeah, for a story. <laughs> he's a loose cannon. But he's not like going to go off. He's just like, yeah, this is what I do and I'm very chill about it. Oh, yeah. when he whips the cop with his fishing pole incredible that was awesome <laughs> felt like i was Tier- watching john wick <laughs> <laughs> tyranny came on her radar if you know what i mean <laughs> Lol. Uh, i do one of the things i really liked about this movie is just like how tight this movie is like you just like get dropped into the story just immediately and you just have to like just figure it out as it goes. There's like very (laughs) little setup to this movie, which I think is great. And I think there are a lot of moments that just like could in, in lesser hands could have been drawn out. And I think like the, the specific one that I was thinking of was like the movie starts with the woman who's like doing the interview. Um, and so like you could, you could think that maybe, I mean, obviously like we know based on the opening credits and based on, you know, just being somewhat aware of this movie that like Warren Beatty is the star, but like, given the the fact that the movie starts with her, she's just like in the sh- like in the shot when the first senator is assassinated. You're like you you think that this woman could, in theory, be a main character, and she shows up and is like, "I'm really worried. Everybody's been killed. I think I'm gonna die." And he's like, "You're fine." And then Very it just like advice. smash cuts to her being dead on a like on a like a medical examiner table. And you're just like, "Oh shit." Also, uh, Paula Prentice, the woman who plays her, mm-hmm. beautiful. Oh, she looks yeah. really good. Like, one of the most naturally beautiful people I've ever Magnetic. seen on television. 
<laughs> yeah, she she looked really good. Um, but Maybe I, I just, just in this movie. I was gonna say I don't what know. I mean, what else? Yeah, I don't know anything else. She's what's in. new, Pussycat? Catch twenty two. She was in the seventy. The original Stepford Wives. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. It looks like she had like a quite the filmography. Although mm, uh, I've definitely seen something of hers kind of kind of died out after this movie unfortunately it looks like she was way more popular in the 60s well that's not fair yeah it's a bummer she probably got too old for hollywood that's almost certainly true but anyway Um, yeah dead on a slab what a surprise that was nuts what a a twist Uh, and that opening assassination is really effective it's so well done horrific and upsetting uh and then to cut to like the the uh con- congressional hearing mm-hmm. yeah and then say like was it warner or paramount pictures or warner brothers paramount yeah it's like paramount presents the parallax view it's like oh this is this is a fun opening yeah also the well i'm sure we'll eventually get to it too just cinematography the mm-hmm. fact that uh there are a couple of things i guess we'll just this will be all over the place, but um, again, they it's use how we do, uh, girl. <laughs> they the they use a lot of white, like extra wide angle lenses, mm-hmm. and so it's literally like distorting the image. And so when you mm. see the committee, it's literally like distorted from the way that you would normally see it on like C-SPAN. Yeah. Um, another thing about cinematography, <clears throat> cinematography that I thought worked really well in the sense that it like <clears throat> wasn't just like look at all the art things i know but was like actually advancing the story is uh close ups were used so sparingly yeah. everything was like you mm-hmm. were almost watching it from the outside mm-hmm. and i can't really think of another movie that does that off the top of my head but i was like this is rad and they're also like so well composed like say, with foreground, background, <clears throat> light and dark. I was, I was like, say, the, every... I think the lighting is the thing that like really jumped out to me. There are so many sequences where like part of the frame was obstructed with shadow, and you know, like mm-hmm. I think like what was illuminated in each frame was like really well thought out and like really added to like the story and and helped you know develop character and things like that. So I, I think it it's not like. It, it wasn't, like, a beautiful movie in the way that we, specifically the three of us, typically talk about, like, beautiful mm-hmm. movies. But I do think that it, it looked incredible. Um, and oh, I, think I that, would like, put this up there in, like, top ten favorite cinematographies for me. I thought it was incredible. Wow. Like, the scene where he's going through the desk drawer and you see him... Like, so many movies would cut from him to the other, from him to the other. But it's just one shot with the cop on the phone yeah. and he's just in the background you're like yeah. when are you gonna realize that he's coming in the door yeah it was perfect that edit to him turning around when he hears the voice for the first time to be like oh fuck oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there were so many that were just like i was like oh this is like and i know matt you've said paul thomas anderson can do long takes in his sleep but a, a lot of this was just like long takes that were just like yeah. really far away mm-hmm there were also some beautiful compositions, like the guy going up the escalator uh, at the end. Yeah. 
or the layout of the tables at the end where it's like red and blue circles mm-hmm. in this like open cavernous uh, convention space. Or just like, yeah, the dam breaking. There's a lot of like really memorable shots from just like a composition mm-hmm. point of view. Even yeah. not lighting withstanding. It's just like a gorgeous looking movie. Um, I think also like very 70s and kind of like I, yellow. I was going to say, like, I I think it's, it, I do agree. I think the cinematography is fantastic, as we've mentioned. But I think <clears throat> when I say like beautiful, I'm more just be like, I think this movie looks kind of grimy. And I think that's like intentionally so. So yeah. I, this is not a knock on it, but it does look like to your point, Matt, like it, it looks like that just really kind of dirty 70s kind of like grossness. Um, I didn't get that. <laughs> I was like, everyone looks great. <laughs> Everyone's skin looks so good and like their hair and like the fact that like that scene where First of all, the fact that he went to go interview a dude on a children's choo-choo train is incredible <laughs> because so you're not going to be overheard. <laughs> yeah, but then just right. the shots of them <clears throat> driving around and, like, everybody's hair is blowing and, like, the light from the... I was like, this looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Which also talking to someone who, like, regularly listens to music of this era and mm-hmm. very much vibes with this era... Um, yeah. I mean, this is when you grow up, grew up this era. This is this is true. I was in my 30s and <laughs> yeah. 70s. You, this is when you really came of age in your 30s, the um, decade of the 1970s. <laughs> I think also, also just, the fact that it takes place in the Pacific Northwest when we're mm-hmm. so used to seeing, like, I feel like every 70s movie is L.A. And it just gets yeah. old. But the fact that you're seeing, like, lush green... Yeah, and I I also feel like a lot of 70s movies like this that are kind of in this, like, political paranoia thriller zone are also just, like, very DC-heavy. Um, and yeah. this is just, like, very no, we're, DC. like, very exclusively West Coast and then whatever the fuck rural area Salmon Tail is. But, like, for the most part... Oregon. Is it in Oregon? Yeah. Right. Um, At one point, there's a weird uh, dub where he's, like... If you're from Oregon or something, and it's like, well, that's oh, that I didn't know that that said. ADR was pretty, Wild. pretty rough. <laughs> a couple abrupt edits, yeah. a couple of like <laughs> kind of moments, but yeah, that's the seventies, baby. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like a spaghetti western. They're just making it happen, <laughs> doing what it takes. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't have budget information for this movie, but I have to imagine it was quite low. Well. There's also, or just all went to <laughs> Warren. Fair. Um, <laughs> although I think the cinematographer's one for a number of things. Like, I think he's, like, a well-known dude. Yeah, Gordon Willis. Yeah, like... I recognize the name. Did he do Harold and Maude? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, let me look it up. He did do The Godfather. Okay. The, like, he... the entire uh... Godfather trilogy, so. Wow. This is a tangent, but um, uh, Becca, who's been on the pub, uh, I'm on a chat with her and her sister and her cousin, uh, and where we just talk about like nerdy stuff like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. <laughs> They're the ones who recommended the um, the all the uh, young dudes. Yeah, the fanfic, and so 
uh, one of them sent a video that was like, sorry to like spam you guys, but this is like a all the young dudes and Harold and Maude crossover and I had to share it and I was like uh clicked the video and it's the scene the pool scene from Harold and Maude and watching it I was like wow this is really good production quality like are they at the same pool when does Regulus Black come in and then I was like oh it's just the scene from the literally Harold and Maude (laughs) (laughs) wow this guy looks just like Bud Cord well, it's just him laying face down in the pool. Uh, but, but I was like, thinking like, wow, this fanfic went all out. Uh, so Gordon Willis did not shoot okay. Harold and Maude, but he did uh, the Godfather trilogy, All the President's Men, uh, Annie the Hall, sources. Manhattan. Manhattan is good. Yeah. And, and, and Annie Hall. The cinematography. Yeah. The cinematography is good. Wow. Just want to clarify. <laughs> Another shot that I really liked was uh, when the recruiter is in his apartment and he's like, I wouldn't step outside that door. And the entire mm. frame is the entire room yeah. wall to wall. Beautiful framing. Like a little doll set. I thought, also thought that, like the tension of that sequence was just like so well done that like you just like are in a room that's f- mostly dark and you just see someone's shoes and you don't really have a ton of context for what's going on. And then the door opens and you see Warren Beatty walk in and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like I know where he is. Like I know what's happening now and Oh fuck. And then uh, like basically the entire sequence takes place in the dark. And so you're like, does this guy have a gun on him? Like what, you know, like where could this go Question wrong? About that scene. <clears throat> Does Warren Beatty screw in a bug to record the conversation? Is that what he's doing? He turns on the light? I mean, that was how I read it. Because then he has the recording that he gives to his editor. Yeah. It was like while he was like screwing in the light, he did something to, to record. Right. Okay. That's what I understood as well. But I also um, wouldn't also, be terribly surprised was... if like he had just set up some sort of recording device since that guy had already been in his apartment at some point like earlier. I think so, like, it might be that because he it's it seemed like the his boss had a number of tapes. Oh. You're right. That's a Maybe good point. Not. I think you're right though. Cuz he did put that tape in an envelope that was fairly bulky. Did you guys get yeah. uh, Clockwork Orange vibes from the, uh, like, oh. it was like Clockwork Orange and Scientology vibes I was getting from 100%. the initiation process. Really scary. Could have been scarier, but pretty scary as is. The, the, there were some pretty, like, ooh. Yeah. Like the training like, video or whatever. Yeah. But it starts also... out, like, pretty, like, <clears throat> clear, um, like, good versus... Like, mm-hmm. and that's also like preying on people who have trauma is essentially what mm-hmm. it is because like one is like an ideal uh, childhood and the other one is like a trauma v- through neglect or whatever, um, and so that like was a very clear messaging and then it just gets like so twisted, and yeah, I also love <clears throat> we've seen 
stuff like that in so many other movies, TV shows, etc. Right, but I, I loved in this one they they never cut away. It's just like we're we're mm-hmm. watching the entire video, like and like it's that this is the entire frame. Like we are in yeah. Warren Beatty's head for this sequence, and like whatever he's seeing, we're also seeing. And not that I, you know, it's obviously like it's very effective when you know Kubrick cuts to Alex and his, you know, we get the shot with like his eyes being pride. Like all of that stuff works for that movie. But I think it was really cool that they were just like, no, 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 we're not going to do any of that type of stuff. We're just going to, like, sit in this moment that starts off pretty, like, relatively chill. And, like, as it keeps going, it just becomes significantly less chill. Extremely not chill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The other thing that was funny for me specifically, um, because I I believe you guys watched this uh, on streaming, but, um, like, basically the only thing I knew about this movie going into it was, again, like, that idea of, like, a, you know, political paranoia thriller kind of thing. The menu music for the Criterion Blu-ray is that same music from, the like, the training video or whatever, which oh. is, like, pretty, like, light and fun. <laughs> and so when, like, I popped the movie into my Blu-ray player and then I went to the, my uh, fridge to grab uh, LaCroix and I was like, wait, what? Did I, did I put the, like, did somehow, did I, like, put the wrong disc in? <laughs> I was like, no, it's, that's, yeah. it, what's going on? Um, and so when I got to the training, like, because all of the music up to that point was what you would expect from, like, a thriller, right? Like, the it was, like, fairly ominous and, and um, like, moody. And so I was like, where the fuck did this music come from? And then when I finally got to, like, that video, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also think that it that's, like, a great of... choice by Criterion to use that specific smart. Uh, music smart. cue. Smart. 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 It also reminded me of Network. Tyranny's favorite movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so much better than Network. <laughs> but they're both so bleak. Very bleak. so pessimistic mm-hmm. i think part of it is probably that the the way this one is told is very much chaos that you have to find out mm-hmm. which is like something that i enjoy um and mm-hmm. inherent vice would be a perfect example of that but i think it's also a uh story that i just vibe more with. yeah it's pretty good <laughs> like it it's like really compelling. right up my alley yeah i'm like yeah man corporations <laughs> <laughs> and really a recurring bit of or is it reading a letterbox political? review <laughs> i just saw uh tyranny had watched this the other day and just her entire letterbox review was just corporations man <laughs> i was like oh yeah <laughs> the log she, line for she this gets movie it. <laughs> is uh as american as apple pie Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a perfect oh, log wow. line. Yeah. Also, I had no idea when you were talking, like, I knew this was a political paranoia thriller. I had no idea what this was about. Well, I like, I mean. <laughs> Before I just hit play on Canopy. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Mo- so the assassination was a real surprise for you. I went, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, the stream of conscience notes are because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And you really can't know. Like, even I watched the trailer and I was constantly like, oh, shit. When the boat blew up, I was like, oh, fuck. Which, Wait, like, what? Mr. Feeney looked so good. I mean, kind of hot. <laughs> I was like, I would sail around the world with Mr. Feeney. Are you kidding me? You have to get out of here. 
Okay, don't tell me twice. And he's like all paranoid and sends like his bodyguard, and then he comes walking out, and I was like, Mister Feeny. <laughs> yeah. So, as I mentioned, it took me an embarrassing like way too long to realize that that was Mister Feeny. So, like, he's in, you know, like, he's the guy that she's interviewing at the beginning of the movie. He's there in the initial assassination attempt. And I didn't recognize it was Mr. Fiend. Like, I, I was like, oh, he looks familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. And I didn't recognize that it was actually Mr. Feeney until there was that close-up of him when he's on the boat. And I was like, oh, that's, there it is. <laughs> I recognized his voice be- before anything, and I think that's why I thought he was Regis. Mm-hmm sure um but yeah lots lots so many twists um even like oh i'm the cop and that's the deputy it's like or i'm the sheriff and that's the deputy you're like what constantly you're like huh and also i think the fact that like it might be political i mean it's probably politically motivated like it's always a political yeah move by the other party using this set up it's just planting fall guys it's so interesting it like it all whittles down to just being a fall guy mm-hmm. i thought it was more like and this could be like again my bias coming into the story but i didn't take it to be like one party has this organization that kills other people off oh right no oh okay i thought it to be like a, something that's just like we're in charge of everything now yes <laughs> okay like big brother. I, well, I think it's yeah. I think yeah. it's like they're hired to do the bidding of the larger political machine to be like this candidate's not good for us. Let's get rid of him. Let's let's do something about that. Yeah, I, and let's set it up to be a fall guy that we can easily pin everything on, and we never have to worry about. Do it. you yeah. think the Koch brothers have a parallax corporation? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's also probably just, like, cleaners, the way, like, Mike Ehrmantraut is, like... Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, I don't... I'll take care of it. I don't, it's, I don't think it's, like, actually murdering people, but I would not be surprised if they have people who take care of things in other ways. And, I, think, I mean, possibly murder, but I don't, like, not exclusively murder. I think what I also liked about this particular story is it wasn't just straight murder, that part of the mystery was proving that these people weren't murdered because mm-hmm. they all looked like accidents. And I think that's like a. Were murdered. What? Proving that they were murdered. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. To where it's not like, you know, someone had a gunshot wound in their forehead. They died of a heart attack. Their boat blew up from a gas leak. Yeah. All real things that can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They drowned because the dam opened uh man the delivery guy made me so sad when it was the assassin same. i was like fuck I know. come on i know that one bummed me out and I, then you just watch him like open his coffee and you're I, like don't to, do it <laughs> to go back to like the framing the fact that it's not like it's like the that shot the whole focus is just the food that was delivered you know, like, it cuts up every once in a while to show their faces, but for the most part, it's just, like, you see the guy handing the... Like, you just see someone handing off a bag of stuff, and then you see him accepting a bag of stuff. You see him unloading the bag of stuff, and you see him, like, slowly pulling off the lid. And you're just like, fuck! 
And you know his tape is in the locked drawer, and you're like, no. Yeah. I love that line when they are, like, after he dies, and they're, like, in his room, and they're like, oh, man, he didn't even lock the drawer that he keeps his money in. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) But that's where it's, like, everything is show, don't tell. The whole movie is show. And that's that's why I love it. Also, I think there's... (laughs) Uh, a good amount of there's like a perfect balance of humor in this movie mm-hmm. like the line such a wise ass oh my god i cackled when you first meet the sheriff and the deputy and the bartender waitress lady is telling the the joke uh i don't even remember what the joke was something about tits Oh, yeah, the guy, the deputy's talking. No, when she she's no, like she tells it. she's talking about martinis, and she's like one is too <laughs> few and three is too many. Oh, just yeah. like t- <laughs> just like tits. <laughs> and then he goes, "That's an amazing joke, Gail." <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> I also just thought- completely deadpan. That's an amazing joke, Gail. <laughs> the complete absurdity of the bar fight. Was yeah. so good. And like they jumping out of that screen. I was, when they crash into the other like the other like gift shop or whatever that just happens to be next door, and then it cuts back to the bar, and then he jumps back through the other window. It's like this is so gratuitous and so fun. <laughs> it is. But then when he finally like lands the last blow and like the deputy is just like laying on the ground with blood kind of coming out of his mouth and then he's like all right i'll sit at the table i'll take his spot at the table (laughs) really fun (laughs) i think john frady is the only person in the entire world who is allowed who i will allow to go to a bar and order a glass of milk that was a wild choice (laughs) Truly, I had whiplash. <laughs> I well, and he was like, it came right after that. That was a great joke, Gail. But I think I'll just have a glass of milk. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Excuse me. Yeah, I broke my neck. <laughs> um, shit, I had something I was gonna say and I lost it. Maybe it'll come back to me. I want to talk about the ending, but I don't know if we're there yet. Um, I don't, I, my notes are pretty generic. I do love the one line, I'm dead, Bill. I like to stay that way for a while. <laughs> Very fun. Um, the, oh, but we have to talk about a particular moment that fucking blew my mind. And it was when Warren Beatty runs onto a plane. Oh. And then the stewardess comes yeah. over and goes, yeah. where are you going? That's 60 bucks. I was like, he's buying the ticket on the plane? Like a bus fare. Yeah. A truly fucking, I was like, I've never seen this in a movie before. I didn't know that this was how it worked. This is like WTF. Uh, So I wrote that down because that was crazy. I didn't write that down, but I'm glad we talked about it because I had the same reaction to where I was like, what is she? Is why? Why is she? What? Yeah. And (laughs) the total as somebody who flies a lot uh, and is familiar with how expensive airline prices are right now, when the flight from L.A. to Denver was like sixty eight dollars and some change, I was like, Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Wait, are air, is Those airfare really days. expensive right now? Yeah. It always is. Like $340 yeah. for a two-way. To L.A. from Chicago? I mean, Probably. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know, spe- like, <clears throat> specific routes, but I know, like, when I've been booking my travel for work recently, they've been oh, way wow. more expensive than I would expect them to be. I yeah. thought about taking a plane recently and went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the longer I go without flying, sure. the worse it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You gotta get back into it. But anyway, just take um, um, yeah. take like thirty yeah. flights a year. It's real fun. You would you Gross. you'd get over it real quick, Tierney. I promise. Um, <laughs> other thing about the plane, the napkin, very clever. Yes. Uh, I was like, this is cool to like write it on the on the window and be like, no, he's immediately gonna walk in and see that. What a he's a he's a clever guy. He's a clever boy. And I just thought, watching all of that thinking process was like, because I was like, why is he erasing it? Oh, because the guy's in the yeah. hallway. But what a and just waiting for her to get to the napkin. That yeah. so good. That whole set piece was like just a masterpiece in filmmaking. Everything about it was incredible. Um, like the setup, knowing that like the like the guy put a bomb on or you know put a suitcase on it. Mm-hmm. You're just like assuming it's a bomb. And then, like, realizing that our guy got on the plane, but the other guy is just sitting there waiting, and you're just like, oh, shit, like, is this a timed bomb? Does he have, like, some sort of remote device? Like, what's going on? And so, like, you've got that sense of dread running through you the Literally entire time. Bomb and then, yeah, and then, like, when he realizes what's going, because it takes him a while to figure out what's going on. But he sees, like, there's that senator on the plane, and he's like, uh-oh. And so, like, watching him try and figure out, like, okay, how can I get this information to the right person in the right way so that, you know, we, yeah. we can... I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and just... at no point does his face <clears throat> register yeah. panic. Right. It's just he's like, just thinking. okay, now how do I make this happen? Like you said. Yeah. There's a couple moments, too, where it's just a shot of Warren Beatty thinking. And I'm like, you're doing a great job. I believe that you're thinking. This looks very believable. <laughs> like putting the pieces together, like, okay, wait, what the fuck? Who's that? Wait, what do I do? Yeah, and when he's walking back from first class to coach, and it's that shot of him, like, walking mm-hmm. with the camera. Awesome. Yeah. Um, somewhat, is great. somewhat related note, uh, the, I think it was a 707 that they were on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was like to scale of what the 707s were like in the early 70s. Those chairs were huge. Seemed like they had a lot of room. <laughs> like <laughs> at one point, again. like, so when the, the flight attendant like gets to his, like the napkin that he had left, um, she just like moves the cart to the side and like has space in the aisle to walk around it. And I was like, okay, no, <laughs> like, yeah. those teensy little carts. Yeah, it's like those carts block the train. entire shit. Like I always get aisle seats. I always get rammed into by those fucking carts. I was like, man, we really need to go back to air travel in the seventies <laughs> for <Yeah>. many reasons. <laughs> True, yeah. Although, Although I could do without the smoking planes. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, I was thinking yeah. throughout this entire movie, uh, you know, this you know came out in the seventies. Obviously, I think a lot of what this movie is saying um, is still relevant today. And I mm-hmm. was like, as it was going, I was like, 
not that we need a remake of this movie, but I was like, how how could a remake of the, you know like could could I a remake of this movie work? And I was mostly think it can, but like the fact that a guy just like shows up to an airport and drops a suitcase off and it just like goes <laughs> to an airplane with like no questions asked is like okay, well we're definitely really it's the same thing with like. You know, Home Alone could never happen today in the the world of cell phones, right? Like, there's just right. no way that, like, this... Like, it, it, I guess it's in theory possible that they get on a plane, but they would find out immediately that he was home, and they would be able to, like, figure out how to work around that situation with, like, very little problems. And I feel like it's the same thing here. It's like, okay, if we're going to do a modern remake of the Parallax View, which, again, we don't necessarily need to do. I think this version's very good. But if we were going to do it, it's like, okay, whoever's writing it is really going to have to think through... <laughs> we can get around that particular plot point. I'll tell you what's a remake of the Parallax View. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Inherent no. Vice. No. A little show called 24. So I think we did it, everybody. I think we made it through the Parallax View. Uh, Matt is no longer allowed to be part of this podcast, so we're going to kick him off the Zoom. Jack Bauer is Frady. Joe no, Frady. Jack Bauer has Joe he's way too like intense. Joe Frady has the same level of stress as Doc Sportello in Inherent Vice. Sure. There okay, is that's, no that's stress. He's not stressed about it. And that's what leads to his demise. I was going to say, I think the although, end. Would it be his demise or is that in, that's where I'm like, this is. Because the whole time you're like, how is he going to get out of this? How is he going to get out of this? And, like, in my mind, it's like, I don't want him to. Because if he did, it would be, like, deus ex machina. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be earned. And the way he dies, perfect. Yeah. No notes. It is a perfect ending, in my opinion. I I really do think it is, though. Like, it's bleak as fuck. But I do think it is, like... If it were any other way, it just wouldn't ring true. Like, it just would feel wrong. And who wrong. killed him? And who killed the politician? I don't know. Somebody else from Parallax. Yeah. The tuba player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Who's, like, nervous and weird and can't play the music. Oh. And it's like, it's up there. He's up there. He literally finishes the job. Interesting. I definitely missed that. Yeah, I caught that loud. and I didn't even think about that when you asked the question. Yeah. I didn't think about him. I actually didn't notice him as the one pointing up to the rafters, but I did notice him uh, shifty in the beginning. Yeah, shifty and squirrely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really is a surprise ending. I mean, too. tubas are heavy as fuck, though, so. He had a little gun in his pocket. <laughs> also, the haunting the images of the, like, president's faces. That was... Yeah. Fucked. So funny. <laughs> Just like the Parallax movie, kind of. Yeah. Um, and also, when he <clears throat> gets shot and the car just drives into tables. Oh, yeah. And just keeps going. Oh, yeah. Very unsettling. Yeah. Very unsettling. <laughs> well, I think that that's that was the example when we were talking about, like, I think this movie is just, like, very deliberately paced. And I think a lot of the shots are, like, d- like long for good reason um and i that was the one that jumped out to me is like there were so many times where they could have cut away but they just like stayed in that frame and just you just kept watching the dead guy whose foot was just on the pedal (laughs) just like going around in circles you're like oh god (laughs) and everything even if you take that last scene in the banquet hall 
everything is either a, like a long shot or a mid shot mm-hmm. with the exception of I know there's probably more I'm forgetting the tuba player and then John Frady dying those are the two close-ups that we get is the yeah. tuba player I guess if he's the one that said he's up there that's also yeah. a close mm-hmm. shot are those the only ones? I think the there's senator a, dying. Maybe there's, I, there's a few more. I think like there's a couple like on the senator. It, it is mostly like mid shots though. Yeah. Right. Um, but just like used sparingly. I thought the his death, John Frady's death, was also really well framed. Because you're like, oh, the door is right there. The door is right there. Yeah. Yeah. He's just another one. Yeah. And they set him up. It was like. He fo- he just followed the exact bait that they were laying out for him. the the shot where it like he's looking down and you, he just sees the gun and you're just like oh fuck <laughs> like when yeah. you realize that like this it was literally all to get him to this exact spot and he played right into their hands just a gut punch mm-hmm. it's so yeah. good um, and you kind of get the idea something is gonna happen when he walks in and there's just the guy standing there. Mm-hmm. The like yeah. main parallax guy. They're all just there waiting and watching. So, question for no, you no, guys. No, no, he's standing outside the building. He watches John run in and he just is standing there watching. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Spoopy. Tain never seen nothing so spoopy before. Tain never seen nothing so spoopy before. <laughs> So the uh, like the training video or initiation video or whatever, do you think that the Parallax Corporation ever uses something like that to actually get their get new assassins, or do you think they exclusively use it for Fall Guys? And I don't have like um, I don't have an opinion one way or another. I was just curious. Here's my like, opinion. Here's my opinion. When John throws the kettle and is like, ah, fuck, it's too hot, ah. Yeah. And it's just like aggro. I was like, that's not the quality that I would want in a hitman. I would want them to be cool as a cucumber. Mm -hmm. And if that's the test that they are taking to see if they're assassins, I think it's a little too aggro-focused for it to actually be an assassin. So it does seem like maybe it is just for Fall Guys. Oh, I thought it was because uh, they have him hold on to the things. And this is what gave me the Scientology vibes. Not that yeah. I've done oh, it, yeah. just from what I've heard. I think they're taking his pulse. That, that and was so my... they can figure out who's a Fall Guy and who is oh, actually sure. going to be. Because uh, I feel like I remember reading something in like Psych 101 in college that like um, the more aggressive... Uh, images would have a lower pulse for people who were um, like more comfy with them versus right. like w- us watching it we're like oh this is intense yeah. our pulse is going to be higher our blood pressure is going to be higher but then it, it would almost be like have a calming effect I'm not a scientist yeah. no, I was I in mean... college over 10 years ago <laughs> who knows if this is that sounds and right. this was what I remember from a psych 101 class so you know <laughs> I believe it, though. But I, I mean, that was kind of what I thought, too, because there, like, there is that line where it's, like, something to the effect of, like, please make sure your palms are touching at all times they or whatever. They say it, like, four times. Yeah, yeah, so, like, that was what made me think, like, 
are they using this video? And like, they can use the exact same video to, to differentiate Mm. between two different populations. And like, we're watching the movie. We're obviously on Freddy's side. So like, we're hoping that he's like passing the test and he's going to just like be an assassin. And so that, um, you know, like he can take the corporation down from the inside or whatever. Um, but then it's like, oh no, like he's going in trying to get like get in get on on the inside, but like they've got this whole system that just like no matter what, he's like it's like a uh you know, like like a lie detector test sort of, yeah. right? Like um and like the system is just like it it fucked him and so then they were like, Oh no, he's gonna be our our fall guy for this and rather than potentially being uh like an assassin for our, for and our I'm troops. sure at the at the at that time it wasn't widely known how to throw a lie detector. Exactly. Test. Whereas I feel like everybody now is like knows how to do it. I don't know if yeah. they can do it, but they at least know how. Yeah, I think some people can, but I want to try like, it. This... Well, I think the other thing too is yeah. like you, like. From what we know, I've obviously never, I've never taken a lie detector test, but like from what we know from pop culture and whatever, it's like if you're going to try and throw it, you have to like prepare for it. And presumably, Frady was not like preparing for something like this when he showed up. Wait, how do you prepare for it? You just work yourself up to get a high baseline. Oh, is that it? Or is there something else that I don't know? Well, still, I mean, I'm in the moment. Wait, what's sure the other thing? Like... Well, I just, like, I just, like, uh, you just basically are just, like, like, you're rehearsing, I guess is more, like, the, the right word. Oh. You're just, like, rehearsing oh. the, the lie or whatever to try and, like, okay. trick your, your, your body, trick your, like, physical impulses into believing that that's true. So then when you are taking the lie detector test, like, your body's responses are used to you. So yeah, I guess it's not like preparing. I feel like it's more rehearsing is a better verb for it. No, that's, we had different definitions of how to throw it. Because yours was how to lie and deceive the lie detector test. And Mm -hmm. mine was how to ruin the lie detector test. (laughs) Because it goes off of like a standard. And so if you make the standard really high, everything is going to be pretty high. Yeah. Supposedly. Hmm. Again, I've never done it. I would yeah. love to try. <laughs> Listener, if you've got a hookup, Tierney wants to Tierney literally, wants to literally be hooked up to, to that, that machine. machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. I think we covered yeah. all the, the things that I wanted to touch on. But I, I, I was a, very impressed with this movie. So I'm excited to watch I it again it. sometime on a little bit more sleep than what I'm currently rocking so that I can really like truly enjoy but um but yeah I was it seems like a good July 4th movie I was thinking yeah. that uh especially because it starts on July 4th like the the, the initial Ooh, assassina- right. assassination is on July 4th and I like I watch and... Jaws every July 4th that's just like that's just what I do and so I was like ooh, maybe I can throw another one into the rotation and just watch this movie about uh yeah corporations man it's as american <laughs> as, as american apple pie, as apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> also the three-year time jump was a was like the first big surprise where you're like oh what three years well this isn't even in the immediate aftermath 
the yeah i mean the assassination is pretty shocking and then like there's a time jump in between the like the assassination oh also just quick sidebar uh the way that the the fall guy from the first assassination dies is rough <laughs> yeah <laughs> when they're just like running just around on the top off. of the space needle i was like <laughs> and then when he just I, yeah, rolled I was off like, i was like oh my god <laughs> but also was that the parallax corporation yeah yeah chasing them down oh ch- ch- sorry who what if the Parallax Corporation is who kills Freddy, then it stands to reason that the Parallax Corporation also killed the Fall Guy at the Space Needle and ran him up to the top to knock him off. Right? I see what you're saying. Mm, interesting. Because it was a stupid plan. Who the fuck chases somebody up the Space Needle and, like, runs around and tosses him? It seemed very set up. Hmm. And then once he smashes against the ground, no question. I want to watch. I want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I do think it'll be really interesting to watch this movie for a second, or like any subsequent viewing, just like knowing yeah. what's all coming. But anyway, to your point, Matt, like it's very clear that the assa- the initial assassi- assassination starts on July fourth because he's like, oh, happy Fourth of July or whatever. Um, and then the congressional hearing is like, oh, we'll release our report on March 1st. And you're like, oh, there's a time jump. And then as soon as that's over, it's like three years later. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Just like ping-ponging all over the 70s. Like, oh, what's what's happening? And it's so long ago that, like, the hits are even less suspicious. Yeah, They take place over so much time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The villains are really well executed. Um, one other thing that I just remembered that I want to touch on briefly, I think the sound design for this movie is really good too. Um, and I was curious, I think, especially in the first couple sequences where there's just like a lot of crosstalk, I, uh, I, I thought that that felt very true to like a a 4th of July parade and like somebody's outside, but I thought it was like really cool that like when she's interviewing him at the beginning, like it's like the mic is only picking up whatever you know like most movies they would adr that so you could hear the entire conversation that they're having but i thought it was really cool that like they actually used you know the real like whatever the real mic would actually be picking up and you only hear that so there are times where she's like finishing a question and she's starting to move the mic towards him for an answer and you just don't hear the rest of the question and i thought that that was really cool um yeah and then the there's that line where it's like oh isn't there some sort of warning when the dam is going to open uh and he's like yeah you definitely would hear that and then when they're just like talking about fishing and then all of a sudden there's just that like really loud noise that just kind of like jolts you out and you're like well what's happening and then you realize oh yeah he would hear that something clearly nefarious is going on and then sure enough uh, like the camera cuts and he's just got the gun on him. So I was like really impressed with like the Mm -hmm. overall sound design of the movie as well. Um, Mm -hmm. which I don't necessarily think of often when I watch movies, but I like, was like noticeable in a good way here. 
Yeah, usually you even, notice it when it's really When it's bad. like, when you're like, oh, <laughs> something wasn't great here. But the ADR was like the one where I was like, okay, we could have done better here. But, <laughs> yeah. but even the sound the of the sign ambulance, of the, the, the sound of the, the cop mm-hmm. car squealing around yeah. in the final, it's like so echoey mm-hmm. and like far away and slow. <laughs> it feels like it's taking forever for them to get where they need to go, even though they're going so fast. Yeah. Yeah. The ambulance looks like a hearse. It, yeah, super looks like a hearse. <laughs> it's also interesting to think of this as a response to, like, a lot of political assassinations in the 60s yeah. and 70s. And, like, and An extreme mistrust in government and authority. Exactly. Yeah. Due yeah, to yeah, 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 many political, socio-political events of yeah. the 60s and 70s. If this were, oh. like... If we didn't 50s, already know 60s, that this was, like, a Nixon-era movie, <laughs> this is such a Nixon-era movie. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, also, you know what? Uh, what is also a remake of this movie? Is Zoolander. <laughs> I buy that over 24. <laughs> Martial arts, good. <laughs> Child labor laws, bad. <laughs> Obey my dog. <laughs> Kill the Prime Minister of Malaysia. And, <laughs> yeah. and, Mustafu, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, Mugatu. 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 Yeah. God damn it. Uh, he has a company. He mm-hmm. literally is a corporation. <laughs> it's a corporation. It's about the fashion, cor- the fashion industry pushing <laughs> the assassination agenda of somebody that's going to mess it's up. It's literally a remake. We don't, Colin, you don't even need Zoolander to. We did is it. the new parent. We got it. Yeah, you don't need to solve the plane thing. <laughs> yeah, we already just, have we the can... contemporary remake. Because even Warren Beatty, when he's about to go through that door and realizes the guy pops out, even does Blue Steel when he's like, ooh, and then gets killed. They also have the hair. The hair is, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh... You guys, I haven't watched it in a really long time, but the last time I watched it was probably like four or five years ago. Zoolander is so fucking funny. It's so funny. So There's some stuff that doesn't age well, funny. but it's so funny. It's one of my favorite comedies. Yeah. I used to quote it a lot in junior high. <laughs> with back Also, Matilda Jeffries is a journalist. So. Oh. And they go to rural wherever, wherever the coal mines are. Uh, one of my favorite lines from that movie and any, like, <laughs> uh, any, you know, 2000s era comedy is when he, when Zoolander runs out of the bar and he's just like looking up at the sky and his phone rings and he's like, God, <laughs> and, and Jerry Stiller's like, God, what the shit are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think so the two, I used to funny. in college when people would tell anecdotes, I would go, "Cool story, Hansel." <laughs> That's an iconic one. Cool story, Hansel. Uh, and I also used to do the like instead of being like, "Excuse me," I'd be like, "Excuse me, Hansel." Haven't you ever heard of styling gel? <laughs> anyway, which could be something that John Frady says in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse me, Parallax Corporation. <laughs> oh uh, a question that I had, um, and this is inspired by my picks, is if you could pick a song. My that, picks. That <laughs> my picks. <laughs> if you could I'll pick allow, a but song it was a stretch. <laughs> that encapsulates this movie, what would you pick? 
Oh, I don't even know where to start. Bye bye, this American Pie. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good the one. one like, the one that came to my mind was uh, Don't Worry About the Government by Talking Heads. Oh. AKA my karaoke song, if it ever was there. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, I've never talked karaoke, but I would do it to that song. <laughs> we should make this happen. It's such a goofy. Can you imagine someone singing that in a bar? No. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know. There's like very few. I it's, actually. Uh, it's very staccato, like, and yeah. up and down. <laughs> I think, like, once in a lifetime, if they're going to have a talking head song, it's going to be once in a lifetime. This is not my beautiful life. And she yeah. was. And she was would be another one. Yeah. But even that, I feel like, is relatively obscure for karaoke. Some place will have, don't worry about the government, and <laughs> I'll sing it. And everyone will be like, oh my god, is this David Byrne? David Byrne at this random bar? <laughs> Why is he wearing what? a wig? <laughs> <laughs> Why are his clothes so well fit? <laughs> Shouldn't he be wearing much larger clothes? <laughs> what happened to his beautiful wife? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, should we Probably hit the categories? Be- Oh, oh I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think okay. both of you, yeah, like both of you have good yeah, answers. We're an hour but... and ten in. We should, we should do the categories. Um. Or wait. Oh wait. What? Wait. Were we just doing another category? Well, Tierney just like asked. It was not an official yeah, that was category. Just a question that I had. It was just like That's a question right. that she had. Colin, what would you pick? I said I don't know. You put me on the spot. I have to think about it a little bit more. Would it be uh, with or without you? Sure. By you too. <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> way too early <laughs> but i have no idea when american pie came out no it can be from movie. any it can be from any well then with or without you okay because spies so you do with or without you just because of the loose connection to the americans yeah extremely loose <laughs> i mean That's if we're gonna go with like that. a connection to the americans like as as much as like that song in that particular use of in that episode, like just to this day destroys me when I think about it too too long. I think the first time I fell in love with a needle drop in the Americans was Tusk, which I don't necessarily yeah. think like Tusk would be my answer to this question either. But That's Tusk fucking song. rules. I oh. mean, this is America by Childish Gambino would be another. Oh, one. there you go. That's a really yeah. good one. That's a yeah. really good one. That's mine. Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank you for giving me my answer. I got you. <laughs> you know what this movie does better? You know what movie uh, this is like but does way better? Nashville. Mm-hmm. I did get Nashville mm-hmm. vibes from the very, very beginning there's an assassination and I got really nervous. <laughs> yeah, strong Nashville vibes for sure. Yeah, there's like some like very cinema verite qualities to this maybe that's the wrong usage of that term but he's like he's like improvising half his shit he's like wow give me a break what are you arresting me for oh really you can't like you're just like rambling everyone's just kind of like off the cuff yeah feels very genuine dig it um i dig it tattoo ideas can you dig it i feel like uh, uh recreating one of those creepy cartoon designs uh for, of all the presidents but just like in little oh, tile yeah. format <laughs> like... that'd be fun uh you could get the uh, fishing 
pole whip <laughs> gash. It's life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you could do the space needle with a little body dropping off of it. Also oh, true. That's and little bodies on the top looking down. <laughs> little body on the ground. You could do Paul Apprentice in the morgue. (laughs) You could do Mr. Feeney's boat being blown up. (laughs) And just Warren Beatty jumping off the front of it. (laughs) It's from the 1970-whatever classic Parallax view. Have you ever seen it? Yo, do you even Parallax, bro? Um, (laughs) uh, Would you guys spend time on this film set? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely would. Uh, Seems like it's just like cool vibes. We get to go to so many places. Everyone looks pretty. I'm not exaggerating. I I think we need to bring back 1970s air travel. (laughs) Also true. (laughs) If if for me only, like I need to be on a plane that is much more comfortable than the ones I'm currently on. I thought you were going to say in terms of security and I was like, do we really want oh, that? Yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Uh, what character would you guys play in this movie? John Freddy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's hard to say anybody other than Freddy in this particular movie. I would do Mr. Feeney would be my runner-up. Oh, I would play the recruiter. Oh, that'd Ooh. be a fun one. You're exactly what we're looking for. That's You're f- not who you say you are. That's a fun one. He had scary eyes. He looked he like a skull. He just like felt off every time he was on screen. I was like, ugh. They also lit his eyes so that they looked like entirely black with like glints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. I think uh, I probably would. I want to watch this movie again right now. So <laughs> Tierney's like, let's end this call so I can I can still fit in one more viewing before I gotta go to bed. <laughs> so I would definitely watch on an airplane. I do think it would be because I mean, there's nothing in this movie that would be like make me feel uncomfortable if there were like a young oh, child the, sitting next to me. But the uh, test. Oh, would I guess be the, yeah, that might be a little awkward. Right. And there's like I don't know, there's like a lot of shooting and stuff. I mean, the uh, I would watch John Wick on an airplane. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, like I feel like everybody is so desensitized to violence, like gun violence specifically at this point. It's fair. I watched This Is America on an airplane (laughs) once, and that was I thought maybe too violent. It's probably true, but I. I still did it. Yeah, I was going to say, whenever Scream 6 pops up on uh, my list of <laughs> options on my next United flight, I will absolutely be watching Scream 6, which is violent as fuck, and I am very down. What was I going to say about this being a good or a bad plane movie, though? There was, like... <laughs> the sequence that happens on a plane where there's a bomb on the plane. <laughs> is that my, maybe why right. you wouldn't want to watch one on the plane? Yeah, the note that says there's a bomb on the plane. <laughs> Somebody's seeing it over your shoulder being like, what now? Excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, I do think there is a criticism that I would like to lay on this movie. The plane blowing up was ludicrous. It, that was the craziest thing I've seen in a while. Of Just like the whole frame going. It, 
Like, oh, you're not gonna show the any plane of it. Did, no, the try. plane didn't blow up. It was the little cart after they landed. Yeah, the little cart drives by with all the luggage on it. Oh, okay. Well, then and why didn't what... they show that? They should have shown it. That was crazy to just rattle the screen. No, but I mean like, that's Joe's getaway car. Like that's what's going by on the screen. Because you're like you're tracking Joe as he's walking with the rest of the people who are being taken off the plane and the yeah. camera keeps panning and he walks past one of those like fence panels that has like the plastic grating in it so you can't really see through it and the camera keeps moving and you can kind of see through the panels like he stops moving and gets into the car and then the like he doesn't walk past but the car walks past i knew he so, like, didn't he i hops, thought he hitched a ride i don't know but, yeah. but the bomb goes off the bomb does go yeah. off and it and to just shake the screen, I thought was ridiculous. It also did seem it's the seventies, man. There was no CGI. Well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but like, blow up a train, not I mean, a. Real they blew one. up the like boat. A blow up, yeah, you blew up a boat. They were like, we got room in the budget for one explosion. <laughs> that's all we got, and the boat well, seems a little bit done. easier to blow up than an airplane. <laughs> I mean, no one's about, out here like is... literally destroying a seven fifty seven in Tenet. <laughs> but, right. but in the seventies, like, yeah, they were like luggage ah. cart. <laughs> But you also have to think about the fact that this is the 70s, and so they're actually filming at an airport. Yeah. And so you can't blow up an airplane at an airport. (laughs) Yeah, but film it on a back lot in Burbank. Like, we've made movie (laughs) movie magic happen before. It was just ridiculous to be like, ooh, the screen is shaking. I was thinking about how ridiculous, like, how ridiculously small... The explosion seemed if you're going to try and blow up a plane. But then I was like, I mean, if you blow up, even a relatively small explosion on a plane would probably do some significant damage. So I was like, man, yeah. right. you don't need it. You don't need a big one, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry if this is giving anyway. you some some additional airplane anxiety tyranny. <laughs> I a planes blowing up is not something I ever think about when I'm flying. OK, good. Uh, Despite the number of things I've accidentally gotten through security. <laughs> like scissors, pepper yeah. spray, pocket wow. knives. You're your own worst enemy. Not even trying to smuggle them in, just, just like forgetting they were that in my you're, bag. Yeah, forgetting that they're there. You're like, ah. Unpacking uh, on the other end and being like, oh. <laughs> Oops. Uh, the link the zoom link that i sent you guys uh captain frady the parallax soldier that was more just lol because i, I truly I don't think understand. The, the connection between these two is insane <laughs> i guess captain america and the winter soldier is about shield being a secretly yeah like I, dirty company i do think that like i can see connections but like you have to want to see them like i don't think it's like well, also, don't they, don't the like Russians said, program Bucky to be the Winter Soldier with Zoolander? Like, is a closer yeah. connection. It's fair. Uh, maybe they. I think that that's is that Civil War though. The sequence that you're talking about. Mm, maybe I don't know. Is Probably. Bucky his pet beaver? Uh huh. <sighs> <laughs> no, it's your boy Sebastian Stan. From your beloved Itania. You mean Stan Sebastian? Itony. Stan Sebastian, baby. Uh, Are there any other categories that I missed? Other than the Oscars? Oscars? Just didn't get nominated for anything. 
which is a crime. Duh. Who was who was nominated? Who won best cinematography? Because there is no way. There's no way. It is better than this. No way. No way. No way. Oh. No way. Uh, are you ready for this lineup? Okay, so this was the 1974. The ceremony took place in 1975, honoring movies that were released in 1974. Here's the nominees for cinematography. Chinatown, Earthquake, Lenny, Murder on the Orient Express, and The Towering Inferno. Any guesses what one? Towering Inferno. Chinatown. Towering Inferno. (laughs) Which also, Towering Inferno was nominated for Best Picture, which is bonkers. What the fuck? A hit. It was the avatar of that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. The, it's crazy that Towering Inferno and Earthquake were the same year. Yeah. Disaster movies were in. The best picture race that year, Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, Conversation, Lenny, and Towering Inferno. But, like, three of those are, like, bangers. Godfather and The Conversation weren't in cinematography, but Towering Inferno. Yeah. An earthquake. Who was? What was script? Chinatown was for cinematography. Chinatown was a well-made movie. Yeah. I agree. Um, original screenplay was Chinatown. I thought it was a. I thought it was a good. Oh, it I is. I thought it was a good story. I think this is. Adam. But now, whenever I think of Chinatown, <clears throat> I just think of Alex going, "Her mother is your daughter. I am your mother and your daughter, sister. <laughs> what is the line?" You're... I mean, it's not. You're not spoiling it because that's not. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the movie came out in 1974. I'm her mother. I'm her sister. I'm her mother and her sister. That's, yeah, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> I just think of Alex now. Yeah, that is also what I think. <laughs> um. So, I, Parallax View was based on a novel. So, the nominees for Best it Adapted is? Screenplay. Yeah, Tooney, add it to your list, girl. Um, the Best Adapted yeah. Screenplay nominees were The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. What the what fuck? The fuck? Uh, Get out Lenny, of Murder on the Orient Express, Godfather Part Two, and Young Frankenstein, which, like, hell yeah, Academy That's nominating Young Frankenstein. <laughs> but obviously, Godfather Part Two won. No, nobody's is, surprised is, for that. Is, um, oh, there's like a lot of parallax views. Um, Lauren, L O R E N, uh, Singer is okay. the author of this, the one that this movie is based on. Is Lenny about Lenny Bruce? Uh, I don't know much about Lenny, but I think it's it's a Bob Fosse movie. Oh, guys, the book? It is, it is Lenny Bruce. The book is President Kennedy's assassination. Oh. Interesting. Oh. I can't wait to read this. And it spirals off from there? Like it's a fiction book? Post yeah, it Kennedy's says, after the assassination of President Kennedy, a number of people involved in the investigation... In the investigation, either committed suicide or were killed in accidents or disappeared. Oh, wait, is this? It is fiction. Is it okay. fiction? Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fiction. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy books, especially about the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Of course it would be. Wow. Wow. Um, the magic bullet. 
out of curiosity, I'm just gonna best sound. Do that I think? Year. That, oh. <laughs> I wasn't Very gonna go there. It's <laughs> not gonna go there. <laughs> totally thought you were like nope. out of curiosity. Do you think there nope. was a second gunman on the crazy <laughs> We are not getting into. We both know the answer. <laughs> I was going to say, we an, an hour and a half into this episode, we are not getting into JFK okay, sorry, conspiracies. Sorry. <laughs> the angle that the bullet entered is impossible. Uh, it really stands to reason that uh, it was obviously Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. You. That was I mean, rude. Bob Dylan that was rude sound to Bob Dylan, different. and I don't think and, that you. Oh. <laughs> Look, I love Bob Dylan. That's what I'm saying. He's like, better I'm not writer that... <laughs> than he was a singer. <laughs> I'm not saying that Matt's impression is like off. I'm just saying the way, no. like the it was in his tone. I could tell that Matt was being the Robert an De Niro about... <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> um, out of curiosity, I'm looking at the best sound category for the Oscars that year. Uh, Earthquake yeah. won, and then the nominee, other nominees were Chinatown, The Conversation, Towering Inferno, and Young Frankenstein. I haven't seen enough of those movies to like strongly have an opinion, but I like again, I just I was really impressed with the sound of this movie. Uh, one other quick yeah. note, <clears throat> as I was digging in, uh, looking at the Oscars earlier, what a banger year for Paramount. They had oh, wow, really? this movie and then Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, and The Conversation. So they had three movies that were nominated wow. for Best Picture. And then also this movie, which I think I was looking and I think when it came out was like a little bit more mixed. And I think it's become more culturally appreciated over time. Because it's so true. Yeah. Um, but I, that's still like, that's a banger. Man, it's a banger Big year, year for, for Gordon Parent. Willis, too. Also true. Yeah. 74 what a year um that's it we well. did it the, the parallax view tyranny does remember it well <clears throat> um what have you guys been up to lately i can go um yeah. so on friday here it is 7 45 p.m here it is baby myself and my sister went to go see myself my sister <laughs> john wick four chapter four uh Went in with the expectation that it would be awesome, and you're not going to believe it, but it was awesome. <laughs> I want to give a, a special shout-out. Well, first of all, when you guys see it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need feedback on who and what your favorite fight scene was. Mm-hmm. A, okay. lots of recurring tropes. Ooh. B, Ooh. is all I'll say. Uh, C, unsung hero of really the whole films but especially this film whoever tailored uh keanu's pants look (laughs) incredible (laughs) but to be able to like do half those movements and like have them not be constricting or like al pacino (laughs) low grade shrink on it's a fine line and they look incredible I'll just say. Wow. Um, but yeah, do really. Do they call him Baba, da- Baba Yaga? They do, yeah. Good. Um, Ooh, and the, I, it, is it a spoiler if I ask if Anna de Armas shows up? I, I, I don't want to know. 
So tell Matt offline. I'm I, not gonna I answer. truly I don't truly, tell me. I just I want to know as little about this movie as possible because every Fine. every time I've watched a John Wick movie, I've had very little information because all I knew about the first one is that You better be- get to a movie theater, Colin. I, I'm planning on it. Girl, I've been so busy these last five days. Remember when I mentioned I've had You make time for what's meeting. important to you. I was going to go. I literally had a ticket to see it tonight. And then I was I'm like, oh, fuck. We're recording this podcast tonight. So I had to, had to cancel the ticket. But if, I am, you don't see it, if you don't see it ASAP, you'll be excommunicado. Excommunicado? Well, fuck, I don't want that. But anyway, I... Uh, all I knew about the John Wick franchise was that a beagle puppy dies in the first one. And, and for years, literally because of that, I was like, I'm out, not interested. And then I finally got around to watching them, but I purposefully like watched all three of them in like very short succession without like knowing anything about them. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I want to know as little about this for like, I haven't even watched most of the trailers for this movie. So I don't think I'm, I'd seen a single trailer before I went yeah, I mean, I keep so seeing, what? like, the same know. one when I go see other movies, but uh, it's not, like, a full trailer, so I don't feel too spoiled yet. But anyway. All of the trailers for this movie, or, like, half of them were all horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I turned to Shay and I was like, is this going to be scary? <laughs> it wasn't, but I, I, got, yeah. I did get scared. There's some good, think, well, there's some good uh, one-liners as well. <laughs> nice. I think There's Lionsgate some good owns line deliveries. John Wick, right? And I think a lot of Lionsgate movies just happen to be horror movies because they're cheap to produce and point. generally make a lot of money. Or maybe make a decent amount of money. Or oh, profitable, Shay's, I guess. Shay's point was um, <clears throat> uh, extreme violence and horror. Also true. Probably go also true. Yeah. Yeah. If you can handle this, you can Yeah, I mean, like, there's Although only I so many R-rated movies different. that get released, so, like, I feel like they just it's package a rated. lot of art. What? My what? John Wick ticket said NR. That can't be true. Hmm. It could be that I bought it like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, there's no way that John Wick. <laughs> They're like, we haven't quite figured it out yet, but for now. Um, I'm just excited for someone, someone to see it. I'll probably see it again. I need um, to see it this week. I'm planning on going cause... tomorrow, so let's circle back. Uh next time we record okay. a pod but would recommend it's it's just great fun uh and as my letterbox review said sick <laughs> with cues um, one of one of the else? google uh results for john wick 4 rating is why is john wick 4 rated r <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't think we need to ask that question <laughs> um i think we all know the dog answer. mayhem <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's, okay, can I just, two very vague no. things. One, an item is introduced during a fight scene that I don't think I've ever been so excited for in my life. And number two, there is an incredible tracking shot that rivals Tarantino. Oh, oh music to my ears. Wow. <laughs> so Those excited. are the two very vague things I will say about John Wick 4. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Uh, and then I'm still reading Leonard and Hungry Paul, and it continues to be an absolute delight. And I have half an episode left of season two of Narcos, and I just want Pablo Escobar to be dead. I'm tired. Wow. I'm tired of 
him bombing shit. <laughs> fair enough. That seems fair. <laughs> He's just an awful person. Anyway. I don't know how he dies. I don't know the real life story, so I'm like, when's it gonna happen? He's still alive. I there No, he's definitely dead. Are three episodes of Narcos? There's three seasons. Three that's what I meant, yeah, three seasons. And then they do the Narcos Mexico spin off. Okay. Which I was telling Lila, my sister, because she's the one that was like, You should watch Narcos. It's what made me love Pedro. And uh, I texted her today. And I think I might have upset her because I said, do you know who's actually the most beautiful person in Narcos? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. She goes, who? And I said, the guy who plays Pacho. (laughs) Have you guys watched Narcos at all? No. No, not at all. Oh, he's (laughs) he's in, like, one of the rival, uh, uh, like, narco dealers um, in, in, like, the Cali region. And he's in all of narcos mexico which is what made me think of it um and she just went really (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's all doubtful and with that i yield the floor Uh, i haven't watched anything so common oh man matt what have you been up to i watched i watched what you're gonna be Oh, baby. Same. Oh, so yeah, baby girl. Um, okay. I think that's all I've watched since last time. So I mostly haven't watched any movies since the last time we recorded, but I did rewatch John Wick Chapter 3 Dash Parabellum. And uh, that's still my favorite of the three. Uh, is that the one with Halle Berry? It. it is the one with Halle Berry. Uh, it is the one where he literally murders somebody in the New York Public Library with a book. <laughs> Which is <laughs> elite. Baba Yaga. I'm a pretty sure the guy is. that he murders is like an NBA player, like an actual like NBA, wow, like basketball player that just happened to be in John Wick movies. But uh, I, what I'm looking for in John Wick movies are like dope fight sequences, and I think that the fights in the third one are my favorite. So I think like the mythology starts to get a little too convoluted in the th- the fourth the third one which is like one of the things i'm a little concerned about in the fourth um but i think like the like him killing somebody with a book i was just like laughing so fucking hard that i was like this is incredible and then like that immediately goes to like the knife fight sequence which mm-hmm. is awesome. And then there's like the sequence where they're in the barn and he just like keeps getting horses to kick dudes in the face, which is incredible. And then yeah. he there's like that chase sequence where he's riding a horse, but they're chasing him on motorcycles, which is really dope. And then there's the motorcycle sequence later in the movie. Um, and I think that that like final um, set piece where they're in like the, that room in the Continental that just has glass everywhere uh, it just looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think like the third one up to this point is my favorite. Um, and I'm very excited to see what sorts of dope fight scenes they give me for three hours. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. <laughs> cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Um, truly then... cannot wait. <laughs> the old, mainly what I've been doing has been watching TV. So I've been keeping up with Mandalorian, which I think is fine. Um, I have been keeping up with Ted Lasso, which I think is interesting. Very curious to see where this whole thing goes. Uh, Is waiting to binge. 
Fair. Uh, I started watching Daisy Jones and the Six, which is an Amazon show based on a novel, which is inspired by Fleetwood Mac writing Rumors, which is one of my mm. favorite albums of all time. So I'm... That's what Daisy Jones and the Six is? It, I mean, it's inspired by that. It's, it's a fictional story, but it's like a band in California in the 70s and like a really toxic relationship that makes one of the you know best albums of all time. So it's like the connections to Fleetwood Mac are, sure. are like very apparent. Um, and I'm enjoying it so far. Um, Riley Keough plays Daisy Jones, and I fucking love Riley Keough. She's really good in this show. Um, what is she in? Logan Lucky. Uh, she's in. She's in Zola. She's in Under the Silver Lake. Um, and then she's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Really? Yeah. She looks um, like him. Some TV shows came back this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, well, Yellow Jackets, I watched it. That show's still fun, but this episode, the premiere was kind of a bummer. But was what was not a bummer was my beloved succession came back. <laughs> and I know that y'all are haters, and that's fine. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise, but I thought this episode was fantastic. I, oh, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was, like, genuinely one of the funniest episodes of the show. There were so many, like, lines that had me cackling. Um, and then the sequence towards the end of the episode, I don't want to give too much away, just in case the listener hasn't watched the episode yet, um, but I thought it was, like, really tense uh, in a way that I don't typically expect uh, from Succession. And not like in a like a oh god I'm really uncomfortable way, which is what I usually get from Succession, but in like a oh my gosh edge of my seat type situation. Yeah. And then the final sequence between Tom and Shiv was Whew. brutal, uh, in a just a truly fantastic way. And so I love the show so much, and I'm so 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 excited it's back. And I'm truly devastated that this is the final season, but. If the rest of the season is as good as this premiere episode was, it will be pretty dope to see this show go out on such a high. I think I'm in because it's the last season, even though it does kind of make me sad that something so big is going to end. But uh, knowing that there will be an, like a conclusion mm-hmm. is actually making this more interesting now because like something happens in this episode. Like a, a chess piece has moved Yeah, that... I think my biggest qualm with Succession is that the pieces don't move fast enough. And so this was like, here we go. Or they just All right. like, just keep moving in circles, right? They, yeah. like, they move, but they just move and then go back to where they were or whatever. Yeah. Which I think is a but fair criticism. It never bothered me, but I do think it is a fair criticism of the show. But I, I, it seems like they're just like, oh, no, we're, like, we're just going for it now. Yeah. The, uh, the diner sequence was uh, one of the best sequences in the show yeah so apparently i saw on the internet that in the same way that uh pedro pascal is the internet's daddy Mm -hmm. uh, nicholas braun is the internet's baby girl yeah and he's (laughs) did you see the same tiktok that i saw (laughs) it seems like you did did i I send (laughs) you didn't send it to me a different friend of mine did though (laughs) the internet's baby girl somebody asked nicholas braun baby boy 
like, no, she baby goes, girl. No, baby girl. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, a different friend of mine sent that to me, and I was cackling. I love Cousin Greg so much. I might have said that to you, too. Was, he, Oh, all right, well, great, I'll watch it again. Um, at one point, he's like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I'm taller than him. I'm, like, a big guy. Mm-hmm. I'm 6'7", and then, like, in the TikTok, it pops up, like, Pedro Pascal's height on Google search is, like, 5'11". <laughs> so like, Everybody <laughs> thinks he's, like, just a little guy, and I'm like, he's at least several inches above average. <laughs> I was gonna say, he's, like, I don't think he's short, and I don't think he's tall. I think he's just, like, he's, like, a normal height for a dude. They, but they wouldn't have picked him for the Mandalorian he was like average height yeah. so he does have to be slightly taller no i think average is like five nine well yeah. taller than average so i'm yeah. pretty sure i am almost as tall as the average male for the for the u.s obviously like sweden they're in the stratosphere but yeah, <laughs> stratosphere. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i guess i i don't have anything so <laughs> I'd love to get some dinner because I'm famished!